0: Alright, welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 3 of NPC Talk. Today is June 22nd, 2015, and today I have two very special guests from episode 1. Roger is back. Hello, Roger. Hello. Hello, Roger. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And our second guest is my very good friend and and, uh, game partner, Anthony. Hi, Anthony.
1: Hello, Anthony. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> how are you doing today you two uh, i'm doing good kind of tired oh. got out of work on late but pretty good i'm okay <laughs> great
0: great all right um so anthony as you What's very up? as you very well may or may not know in our in our npc talk podcast if you're a first-time guest we like to interview you on your top three video
1: games Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> you are ready. Ooh.
0: I'm excited. Alright, let's just jump right into it then.
1: Wait, does that have to be in a particular order?
0: It does not. It is oh, okay up
1: to you. So let's go for it. What have you got? Um, so I'll go in chronological order. Wait, actually <laughs> I don't even know it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Chronological order. <laughs> I think it's chronological anyway. So my first game that I'll talk about is Everyone's favorite childhood game, Pokemon. Ooh, Pokemon. Ooh, I have, uh, I have very, very many fo- fond memories of Pokemon. I love um, it. It was definitely one of those game-changing games where I feel like it was the most immersive game that we had at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, you actually felt like you were the Pokemon trainer catching Pokemon. Like, people are claiming that these Pokemon was theirs, you know? Like, mm. oh, do you have a Charizard? Oh, yeah, I have a Charizard. Or, you know, did you start with a Squirtle? Did you catch a Pikachu in that, like, first 10 minutes of the game where you had to, like, hunt mm. your way down for a Pikachu? It was, like, I don't know. I just felt really immersive for the time, and especially since it was a handheld game, which was, like, un- like precedent before. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like yes. It was the first handheld game where you can actually, like, feel very attached to your Game Boy. I remember, like, myself, I actually bought a Game Boy Color or Game Boy, I don't remember. I just I remember going out and deliberately buying a Game Boy just for that game. So it was a big game for its time. Um I remember, I also remember like going like everywhere to try to find the game and like it was impossible to find because there was so much hype and so much build around it. <laughs> just for clarification, we are talking about Pokemon Red and Blue. Oh yes,
0: definitely red and blue. But the classic Game Boy, I think I wanna say nineteen ninety five.
2: Uh, uh, I think it was like nineteen ninety
0: uh It's really hard because when you search it's 96. 96. ah because when you search Pokemon, there's so much stuff <laughs> that comes up.
1: Just search Pokemon Red.
0: Oh yeah, that would have worked. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been much smarter. Um, yeah, I I think that I I think that Pokemon definitely was the first game in the in the handheld genre that wasn't, like, you know, like, some, like, arcade Texas. game. Yeah, it wasn't, like, yeah. Tetris, or like, some, like, arcade game where you're just, like, oh, you know, let me, like, pick up my Game Boy and play it for a couple of minutes, which, you know, was the point of the Game Boy at the time. Like, let me play for a couple of minutes and just, like, put it down and have, like, you know, two minutes of fun. Pokemon was, like, hey, we have this handheld game. Bring it wherever you are and just play it all the time. And they did a great job
1: with it because... <laughs> I love that game so much. Um, I think it helped that the TV show came first, Mm -hmm. I want to say. And then, like, the TV show had so much hype that, like, the game came out and the game was so good that, like, it made the TV show better, too. You know what I mean? Like, I think if the game came out and it sucked, then (laughs) I I don't think the Pokemon concept would have gone as far as it did initially. Or even, like, even to where it is now, like... The game definitely drove the TV show, but the TV show, like, got people into the game. But it helped a lot that the game was really good.
0: Yeah, it, it was... The, uh, going back to your whole uh, immersion thing, the TV show definitely was... Like, the TV show came out, and then, like, the game came out, and, like, they just, like, meshed so well together, and you're just inside this Pokemon world 24-7. I mean, I played Pokemon during recess. Um, yes. <laughs> me too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> while going home and then
1: playing the game so i was pretty much in a pokemon world It like so it was so hard to find this game i remember it was like impossible i went to toy the like three times i just have so many memories of like trying to look for the game and like everyone at school had the game i don't know about you guys but i had pokemon red i had red i had yellow you... oh you're not even an original no huh
0: Ooh. I feel sad. you might have to leave this podcast roger Uh, (laughs) um yeah actually pokemon was the first game where i had a i had a friend uh growing up who always got the video game before me because his mom was a gamer and so they would always have video games but then pokemon was the first one where my mom bought it for me and my brother first and we were just like oh my gosh we have the opportunity did you guys have to share no she got my brother blue and i got red Oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I we had the the brick Game Boy, and we were just like, they were just like huddle up in front of that tiny screen and like play Pokemon, and it was great. Oh,
1: so many fond memories. Oh, I this is I so nostalgic. I think I had it for Game Boy Color. Yeah, it worked on both. Cause remember pressing uh, B up, B down to change the color on the Game Boy. I don't know if you guys know that trick.
2: What? I didn't uh, know that was a I thing had a game by color
0: also. I did not know B up B down was a thing. Like when the Nintendo screen came out. I know uh holding up and A made me feel like I could capture Zapdos easier. <laughs> no, it was down B. Down, down B. Wrong. No, it was definitely up A. <laughs> it was definitely down B. Uh it might have been. I feel like I did all the different button combinations. I used a Master Ball on Zapdos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I definitely used a Master Ball on Mew too. <laughs> Um, I think, so what made Pokemon
0: one of the greats of its time is, um, like, it being on handheld and having pretty much revolutionary graphics, like, sound. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't better than the Super Nintendo or anything, but being on the Game Boy and having that caliber of sound, graphics, gameplay, it, it really did, like, set the stone, or, like, yeah, set, like, the groundwork for future gaming in the handheld series and uh yeah i i just really got to give game freak credit for yeah, um, freaking game freak <laughs> freaking game freak for uh like just having such a game where um like just collecting pokemon leveling them up like it It was just so revolutionary for its time. I
1: I just can't. I just can't. uh, Yeah, people were like, everyone was just so attached to it, right? It's like, yeah, this this is my squirtle. Yeah, oh, I had a Doug trio and I loved him. Well, I definitely started out with a Charmander, though. Sorry, not my squirtle, my Charmander. I had a squirtle. Uh, I had a Pikachu. You would have a (laughs) Pikachu. (laughs) Freaking Pokemon yellow. No, but see the 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 concept of the thing is it's weird now because like if Pokemon came out today, like a game like Pokemon came out today, where you can't catch 150, even with like both versions, people would go crazy. Like, oh, I don't want to buy a DLC just to catch Alakazam, you know? Like, yeah, what the that,
0: hell, that would drive me insane.
1: But um, I don't know. For some reason, it was just it was just so good that people overlooked these like basic facts that we take for granted. Like, you couldn't catch all the Pokemon. Um, the game was, only had one difficulty, I think, which was not too hard. Yeah. And Very actually pretty case. easy. Very good. Yeah. yeah. And the, the ability to connect the two were pretty, like, archaic for its time. Like, yeah, you could connect two, but, like, barely anyone had a game link cable. Um, I think I fought my friends with my Game Boy maybe, like, once or twice at most. Mm. Until, like, Pokemon Stadium came out.
0: Oh, i. Oh, yeah. some brother. I found my brother a lot,
1: oh, see, like it was just kind of like a, oh, this is my game, my world, I go in, and then, um, I don't know, it was just so good. There was like post game there were some post game plays, yep, like yeah. after beating the elite four, you had YouTube. like you two to catch and like all these other things. There were a bunch of rumors, remember all the rumors that like drove the game insane, yeah oh. Like, oh, you can catch mew doing like finding the s s n ship and all that stupid stuff, oh, yeah. Like,
2: yeah,
1: I feel like everyone did it, even though it was probably online that people said, "Oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work." But people tried to do it anyway, because for that slight well, chance. Well, that's why. That's
0: actually what I wanted to get into was that when Pokemon first came out, the internet was not very prevalent, and so I mean, it there, there was the internet. Like I had you know the dial up with the the modem that went like, Ew,
2: ah, you know,
0: yeah. But um, uh. But, yeah, like, secrets and rumors were a thing back then because we didn't have, like, official... I mean, we did have official guides that were in magazines, but we didn't have, like, the internet that, like, everyone just posts whatever they want and, like, the game is data-mined, like, yeah. easily. Like, that, that wasn't a thing back then. And so I think that's what made the red and blue versions more successful was that uh, you had to have friends with the other version to, like, interact and trade with them And it was cool because you're like, oh, I'm going to get the red one. And then I need someone with the blue one to, like, trade these two Pokemon. But then now with the internet, you're just kind of like, why am I going to waste money when Mm -hmm. I could just, like, download the other version or, like, find someone online? And it's, like, not the, like, same community
1: Pokemon feel that you had, like, back then. Did you guys think the game was hard? I had a game guide, so, like, it was probably my only game that I had a guide for. So it didn't feel too hard when I played it. But I can imagine people thinking where it's like, oh, I need to learn Cut to get past here, or <laughs> I need to fly to X-City at this time to keep going with the game. I had a game guide also, and that pretty much used that a lot. Me too.
0: I did not have a game guide, and I thought the game was fairly easy. Um, did you have a Pikachu? I did. I I literally spent an hour and a half... In how did you forest. know there was a
1: pikachu in viridian forest um i think my friend
0: told me oh yeah. i think he had a game guide and he just
1: told me oh okay but... I-, I definitely had a game guide mm. i wish i had my game guide still that would have been awesome <laughs> just like bust it out wow wouldn't that be sweet <laughs> yeah oh they'd have like bill and abra oh man yeah. <laughs> I wish I had my game still, where I was like, oh, this was my Elite Four Champs. Oh, I actually still have my red. I have oh. my
2: yellow still, also. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I have no idea where my red is. But I don't think I have a Game Boy that can play it. I have Pokemon Stadium. Oh, I, do yeah. t- uh, I love Pokemon Stadium. Yes, but that should be for another time.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh,
0: yeah. We're definitely having... Uh, a Pokemon episode in general because I want to talk about competitive Pokemon battling and Pokemon Stadium and all this other Pokemon stuff. So tune in, guys. It will be in the near future.
1: The short
0: near future.
1: Actually, it's probably a far near future.
0: It could be f- a little further because I have other things I want to talk about as well. <laughs> <laughs> like everything. Um. All right. I... Could talk about Pokemon forever, but it would probably be a little bit irrelevant and just a bunch of my Pokemon adventures. So, just the just the adventures I've had of me trying to catch Pikachu in Breeding Forest and and doing Lieutenant Surge's stupid bucket challenge to get to him. Ugh. Bucket challenge? I don't
1: remember his bucket challenge.
0: Remember, you have to like you you would like there's like a whole bunch of buckets and then you would have to search each like trash can for a switch, and then when you find the switch, it's like, the next switch is to the right of oh, me, and yeah. you have to like, guess which switch it was, and <laughs> if not, start over. Oh, it was actually really fun, but kind of frustrating.
2: I hate uh, that the teleport phase that what was it called?
1: Sidekick? City? So, yeah, yeah, city, the sidekick. Yeah. yeah, the sidekick. Except she had an Abra, which is kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Who battles with an... What kind of Pokemon gym leader battles with an Abra? Um, Sabrina. Sabrina. <laughs> Alright.
0: I love Pokemon.
1: Great, great first game. What well, else you got? Um, so the second game... I don't know if this is chronological anymore, but I think it's chronological in my childhood. All right. My second game... I have is GoldenEye007 for the N64. Ooh. So, I don't remember the single player very well, or at all, to be honest. Okay. I played a ton, a ton of hours on multiplayer, Mm. on the couch multiplayer dynamic. I feel like, I think the reason I like it so much is because it brought back such good memories of, like, me sitting in front of the TV. It was probably my most played N64 game. Ah. Because it I think it came out with the system, I want to say. Or it was one of the first, at least. Um, it, it... it No, GoldenEye came out a little later,
0: but then they had that Costco deal where if you would buy the Nintendo 64, it would come with GoldenEye and, like, two controllers or something like that. But uh, it definitely came out remember. later. It definitely came out later. It came out but after remember- Star Fox.
1: I remember there was cheats and stuff that you can enable and like mm-hmm. in the, the folder. DK
2: mode.
1: <laughs> DK mode. <laughs> um. <laughs> but I just remember playing multiplayer a lot, like Couch Multiplayer. I think that was the pinnacle of Couch Multiplayer. And I think that's what drove a lot of um it revolutionized how PvP first person shooter games are today.
0: Yeah, it was sort of like the halo of its time. Yes, that's actually a very good comparison.
1: It is the Halo. Yeah, that's true. Except you can't play online. But if GoldenEye Double O Seven was online back in that day, I would have destroyed. (laughs) Um, yeah. So GoldenEye
0: came out in 1997, which yes, I was just looking online. It actually did come out before Counter Strike in 1999, which does like to me. That's just like full proof that GoldenEye was like the um, groundwork for first-person shooter games. Because... Well, it had
1: a rival, right? Perfect Dark. I don't remember if you. Remember. Perfect Dark uh, came no, out. No, per- after. Yeah, it came uh, out after, but it was yeah. like the GoldenEye rival.
2: Uh, it was made by the
1: same people,
0: actually. Right. Oh, so, I didn't yeah. know that. No, and um, I don't know it. GoldenEye was definitely like its own thing. Like, Perfect Dark came out, like, much later, and it was trying to, like, replace Publicate. GoldenEye. Like, in a sense. Like, do everything GoldenEye does, but, like, crazier. But I don't think... Um, I think it came out in, like, a different gaming era, which might be just, like, two years. But back My then... My
1: favorite game mode was License to Kill Power Weapons. <laughs> the, mode.
0: the The great part about that game was you could carry, like, two like heavy machine guns like one in each hand yeah like, that's like not a not a problem <laughs> like
1: you don't just don't you just don't second guess Like <laughs> and the spawn locations like literally just rotate so once you <laughs> play the game enough you know where the next person is gonna spawn <laughs> you just spawn kill everyone it was great
2: no yeah. oh, just used a laptop gun it just count
0: kept... oh the laptop <laughs> wait no that's uh, that's perfect dark well, was there a laptop gun in gold night i don't oh, think there, there was
1: a watch laser if that's what you're talking about uh, I think so. That's definitely perfect. Dark with the laptop gun. Yeah, there was oh. no laptop gun. It was a golden gun. Oh yeah, I like the golden gun. Also. golden gun. Um, so choppers d- only. Slappers only. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the the slapping was like these like like really choppy chops, choppy chops, body chops. <laughs> yeah, and it was like body chops. Terrible looking. And <laughs> they're <were> throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great. With the
2: sound effects, like the. Whoosh, yeah. <laughs> I like the laser gun, the pee
1: <laughs> <laughs> Proximity um, mines? Oh, man, remember the mines? I th- I feel like it's probably one of the first game to have mines, right? That you can yeah, put down and yeah. blow up.
0: You can have we bought mines a lot also.
1: Yeah, rocket launcher. Oh, that game was so good.
0: So, what... Okay, couple things. First, uh, the controls. So, what made Goldeneye kind of unique at its time was it It was for the Nintendo 64 and the Nintendo 64 was the first like game console ever to have a control stick and so it was revolutionary. It definitely had like control problems but in its own way it was revolutionary because, um, because it was a first person shooter and so it felt like you can move like the tiniest increments because of the control mm. stick and it wasn't like you know in the Super Nintendo you're forced into like eight Eight directions, and you can only do so much. But then, it, this is the first like real console game where you're, um, yeah, you're, you have like free movement and it's you know on the TV. And so, yeah. uh, they did a really good job with the controls.
1: I, I remember that. And Strifing, right? Mm-hmm. Strifing, yeah, that was the first game that had Strifing. Yeah, the C
2: buttons,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, the C buttons. <laughs> Um, also they had auto-aim because it wasn't
1: perfect. And, uh, I, for some reason, like, that was not an issue for me, like, playing the game. Yeah, I don't remember auto-aim at all, but I don't remember complaining about it either, so.
0: Yeah. yeah, <laughs> it was, it was just like... it was
1: not a problem. So,
0: for, for you youngins who don't know what auto-aim is, uh, back in the day, because you would use, like, some, like, shoddy control stick to move uh, your character around and then you don't have a second control stick to for your looking so you can only like do so much with your movement um, and so in order to compensate for that your if you see a bad guy on your screen your gun will like automatically point towards them even if it wasn't like inside your reticle in the center of the screen like your gun would just like move automatically and it, it was nice because I didn't want to have to move, like, you know, half a pixel to get the <laughs> bad guy inside my reticle. So so there was that. And you could also ho- hold the R button and then look around freely. But that sucked. So there was that. And, uh, yeah, I would say the, the era of GoldenEye was probably, like, the golden
1: age of couch multiplayer gaming. Um, yeah. It say- was the first, right? It wasn't it the one of the first couch multiplayer games. No, Did, no, I, they they definitely uh, had, uh, like Star Fox came out before it. Oh, but Star Fox multiplayer Mario never Kart. really took off for me. It was great. I I played it. Smash, yeah. <laughs> Mario Kart, Mario Kart, yeah. Smash came out after GoldenEye for sure. Um, yeah. Um, Mario no Party came out after GoldenEye.
0: Did it really?
1: Mario Party came out after GoldenEye. Yeah, for sure. Mario Party was such a I got Mario Party like the day it came out. And I remember it was after Goldeneye. Mm. Yeah, um
0: I can really only say Mario Kart and uh Probably. Star Fox. Bomberman 64, maybe. Oh uh, Bomberman
1: 64.
0: I never had that, but that was a good that was fun. Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing. I I'm not sure. These are all like kinda in the same year. So I would I would get like gander that they all kinda came out at the same time. I would say GoldenEye was definitely the best of all of them though, which is like, it was definitely like the golden peak of the golden era, like, it, yeah, just like the master of everyone sitting down and talking trash to each other while, <laughs> while shooting each other great. in the face. Yeah. yeah. Roger, did you play uh, GoldenEye?
2: Yep. But I only, I mostly play single player because I didn't have half much friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh I had the the privilege of having friends growing up. <laughs> I did with my cousins.
1: <laughs> so... ooh,
0: you, you guys are nerds. The game is
1: so good though. Yeah.
0: There's no denying. Um and it like it set the stage for other first-person shooters. Uh, I mean, like, there was Doom before, and then, but then Counter-Strike was the first one where you can, like, look up and down. Yeah. And then, um, like, they... Goldeneye was the first one to have, like, the guns on your right hand, and it would kind of aim... You know, like, in Counter-Strike and stuff, it kind of aims towards the left, like, towards the center of the screen. Mm. And, like, that... Just, like, small things like that. Like, the gun aims... Towards the center of the screen and like and like when you get shot you like there's like oh, it was the first one with like headshots and body shots and stuff.
1: Is it the first game with headshots and body shots? It
0: was, yeah. They they after each mission it would keep track of where you shot the enemies and it'd be like.
1: And he like, had body armor and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so uh that, you know, def that was definitely huge in Counter Strike. And uh pretty much every game now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes headshots are a thing
0: <laughs> yeah oh man I am reading through the Nintendo
1: 64 game list and it is phenomenal I I know I'm looking at it too like by sorted by release date like, Yeah, they yeah. are so good <laughs> so, for you kiddos out there who didn't have a Nintendo 64 back in the day uh,
0: you could probably play most of the games now with like those like live arcades or whatever but
1: but let me tell you... You had to be there, you know? <laughs> it was kind of a like, it was kind of a craze where you had to have one in your living room and you had to just, like... You had to be in that time with your, like, kid friends and just spend, like, hours on it. Yeah. Because, like, the graphics were great for that time. But, like, if you're trying to play that now, like, there's no way I would spend 200 hours on Gold Knight like I did <laughs> when I was a kid, you know? It, It's crazy because you have games, like... Mario
0: 64 and um and Ocarina of Time where it's like literally their 2D counterparts turned into 3D but like that was the great part. It, it was the exact not the exact same game but it was like it was like a really similar game turned into 3D and then it was revolutionary. Like everything was just becoming revolutionary like one after another like Star Fox, Star Fox 64 and then it was like mind-blowing game like Left and Right and like yeah. everything was just amazing.
1: We are old fogies. <laughs> so old. <laughs> this console was so good.
0: Yeah, I would say. Uh, mm, we we will talk about this another time. But Super Nintendo might still be better.
1: Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> debatable. Ooh. It's available. I had Pilot Wings, huh? I, I forgot about that game.
2: Oh, uh, I bought that game.
1: <laughs> it sucked. I did not like uh, that game. It was so hard. Okay. Never mind then. <laughs> but I remember I had it.
0: Now that I look back, I heard that uh, the Xbox Live Arcade now they are doing like some uh, rare, like Rare the game company, like some rare package. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of old rare games. Um, Like Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, and Goldeneye? I don't don't think they have Donkey Kong, because that's um, Nintendo Nintendo property. property. But they had like Perfect Dark, uh, Blast Corps.
2: Uh, They have Conker's
0: Bad Fur Day, right?
1: Ooh, Wait, what they have? Conker's Bad Fur Day.
0: Oh. Uh, I didn't see a list of the games, but that would make sense. Do they still make games now? Or are they done? Rare's done. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's
0: too bad. Oh, yeah. Rare was I don't know,
1: there there's some rare haters out there,
0: but uh oh, I think
1: Oh, Microsoft bought out Rare. Did you guys know that? Yeah. yeah. Rare is a first party developer for Microsoft Xbox.
0: Yeah, but I thought Rare had some uh some phenomenal games out there. Well, obviously they definitely did, but I don't know. There's some rare haters out
1: there, and it sounds like um, it sounds like Rare's golden days was when it partnered with the Nintendo. Yeah,
2: definitely.
1: With Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, mm. Banjo Kazooie, Donkey Kong Country, Sixty Four, Donkey Kong, yeah, Donkey Kong Sixty Four. GoldenEye, Killer Instinct? Oh man, I love that game. Banjo
2: Kazooie.
1: <laughs> Banjo Kazooie, excellent game. Yeah. Um, so, Rare Replay has Banjo Kazooie, Killer Instinct, Battletoads. Ooh, for the, the SNES version? Yeah, the nice. 1991 version. Awesome. But they, do, they don't They do have Donkey Kong and GoldenEye. Oh. Uh-huh. They have Perfect Dark.
0: Yeah, and Perfect Dark uh, Zero. The they do
1: have Conquerors. Conquer's bad for a day. Yes. Um. Although Donkey- it's kind of like mm-hmm. you're playing this for Xbox One, and all the graphics just look like crap.
0: Yeah, it's really for nostalgic nostalgia purposes. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Let me tell you though, Donkey Kong Country '64. I beat that game twice, and then I sold it to GameStop for $10 so that I can buy Majora's Mask for $30 instead of 40 And I <laughs> immensely regret that decision because what? I miss... Well, I mean, uh-huh. uh, not, not buying Majora's Mask, but selling Donkey Kong because uh-huh. I, I miss playing Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Ooh. We we will also have a, oh man, there's so many things to talk about, but we will definitely have a Zelda podcast. I should have,
1: I, I really wanted Ogre Battle 64, but I never got it.
2: Mm. It's are on you, RPG. Ogre
1: Tactics? Tactics it's, Ogre? Uh, It's it's a Tactics game, but... Is it Ogre Battle? I didn't have it. Ogre t- yeah, Tactics it's, Ogre. It's called right? Ogre Battle 64. The 64 one was called the Ogre Battle 64. Was Ogre it? Ogre Tactics was the Super Nintendo one.
0: Oh, you are... Hundred percent correct.
1: There's also Ogre Tactics for um, PSP, I think. Uh-huh. Or Tactics Ogre, tactic, Tactics Ogre. Yeah, oh, Tactics Ogre for PSP.
0: I played the, the, um, was, um... the SNES one. Yeah, I played the SNES one. That was it was definitely like a game uh, catered to like the slightly older crowd because I had no idea what was going on when I was playing it. Ogre Tactics. Yeah, for the SNES. This uh that's a little complicated, but um I think now if I played it again I would appreciate it. It was definitely quite difficult too.
1: Yes, it was hard. I liked it. I wanted to play the PSP one, but I never got a PSP.
0: Mm.
2: Oh, I played it on PSP.
1: It was good. Oh, the you Tactic played it over?
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Do you would you recommend it to the fans?
2: Yeah. People it, compare it's it's to uh,
1: Legend Story, right? Um.
2: Uh...
1: They do. <laughs> uh, I've heard it compared to Vagrant Story before. Oh. Uh, Isn't uh, Vagrant Story a tactics game too? No,
2: not really. It's more like action RPG. It's like oh. turn-based action RPG,
1: sort of. Oh, I heard mm-hmm. it was good. I yeah, never played it's it. really good. Is there a newer one, or is it just? Did they... Hmm? I guess there was no newer one.
0: Never mind. Alright, well... That is... uh, Game number two, GoldenEye.
1: Probably uh, one of the... Greatest games of its era. Another great choice, Anthony. My third game is actually related to... What we were just talking about. And it will be Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: Hmm...
1: Excellent game.
0: Oh, that game was so good, too. To clarify, he is not was... talking about Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, because those games are terrible. <laughs> they're okay, like, they are okay. They were
1: terrible. Okay, fine. They are terrible. They were pretty <laughs> they were bad. There's... I'm talking about Final Fantasy Tactics for the PS1, and recently... Well, not recently, but it was also remade for PSP as The War of Lions.
0: Yes. That game, if... if to me, if you haven't played that game, like... Uh, turn off this podcast when the episode ends, because I don't want you to just turn it off now. And then, <laughs> and, and then, go somehow get the game and play and it.
1: Just it is emulate it.
0: So well, okay. I can't, I can't tell people to emulate it because it's I'll illegal. It. I do not condone emulation. But Oh uh, yeah, you
1: PSN. can buy it on PSN. I think it's like fifteen dollars. Do that. Do that. Support the developers. It's a better best. version of uh, Tactics Ogre, I bet. Well, it's a it's a slightly uh, isn't Tactics Ogre a uh, uh, a
0: strategy RPG? Yeah. 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 It, I don't know. Tactics Ogre, I feel like, is kind of like its own genre. Just like the way they do things, is, it it's very um. I, I don't know. It feels, it just feels so much more different right like it's not like the squares they don't have the squares right they do it's a Me tactics either. rpg tactics ogre am i thinking i'm thinking of ogre battle aren't i uh
1: you're thinking of ogre battle with where they don't have the squares
0: yeah you know what i am wrong please continue
1: um but anyway i was gonna say final fantasy tactics was one of the first games that kind of made um actually it it made like strategy rpgs very prominent because it really boosts like what you could have done in a strategy rpg because then now it's like this new game where you can take your character can take any kind of shape any kind of form that you want Mm -hmm. if you want to be a mage you could be a swordsman you could be a ninja and then there was like i don't know 15 classes or something like that and you can mix and match skills it was just like ridiculous how much you can do and like how fun it was. Yeah, um, it also makes you feel like you're a commander in a war, which okay. I don't know about you guys, but it, I think it it's a great feeling of like oh winning battles and like winning. Um, it's kind, I don't know. It, feel, it makes you feel like a military commander or a tactician, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I enjoy a lot. So,
0: yeah. Um, what what makes i would say what made uh, final fantasy tactics one of the greats of its time was um was definitely its customization as you uh you kind of yeah. mentioned um how uh i can't remember the specifics but i know that there was there was definitely a job system and you would choose different yep. jobs and each yeah. job you could learn um like abilities spells skills all that kind of stuff and yep. then I believe when you switch jobs, you can you can choose like a like if if I switch to like um like a swordsman, I can still choose black magic as my secondary skill. Yeah. Was that that was in uh, tactics, right? Yeah, Yes. And so in a way, I could be like a like a mage fighter, or like have like yes. dragoon skills with my um with my swordsman. Although I don't think you can because you need a lance, I think. But um there was. There was that level of customization where, um, where just because you're switching jobs doesn't mean that uh, everything you did before became null because it all kind of carried together into your future classes and then it, you're kind of building like this, like this very unique, uh, customized like superpower in the end. And then like say you're a swordsman and you had like the ninja skill, you can choose also choose passive skills from your past classes.
1: And have, like, dual wielding swords. Yeah. There's and, just like, so much customization. was yeah. really good. Yeah, The game wasn't, like, super easy either, I think. like no. I think that's what made no. it really good, too. Because you actually had yeah. to think, and you had to, like, actually, like, you know, try to win. Or else you... It's not as... Yeah. It was yeah. just really well made.
2: Like, in the game, like, if you try to grind your characters, like, the enemy will level up with you also. So if, it, if you grind up to, like, level 40, you'll be fighting enemies that are level 40
1: also. Mm, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I, I didn't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if people want to try it, it's available for Android. Oh, uh, is it? Is it? I think so. Um. Yeah, so
0: uh, the pacing of the game, which you guys are talking about, was, yeah, really good. Like, it's... You can't just win from over-leveling yourself, and you can't just win from uh, just, like, playing a lot. You really had to have some level of, like, strategic intelligence Mm -hmm. to be able to beat. Because some of those bosses... So, you had, like, your little jobs and, like, your little skills and stuff, but then there were also, like, heroes. There there were, like, dudes with special classes and dudes with special abilities that literally no one else in the game had. Yeah, I remember that. Orlando. Oh, my (laughs) goodness. And... Um, most of the time, to get those guys, you had to kill them, and, and some of those dudes had, like, the (laughs) cheapest spells in the world, and, like, some dude can, like, strike lightning at, like, nine squares, and you're like, what the heck? Like, (laughs) why is this even fair? But then when you beat, when you beat them, you're, like, pretty much OP, but, um, yeah, it it was just really cool to, like, have to, or, sorry, what I'm saying is that it's not easy to beat the game because there was definitely some level of like tactics
1: yeah yeah i feel like it's probably the second best final fantasy game after seven i find the tactics came out the same year actually oh what a great year for square enix and i remember
2: that final fantasy tactics like they had a secret character and it was crowd yeah
0: i remember that
1: that was really cool
0: Yeah. That was really cool. Are you calling seven the best Final Fantasy game?
1: Uh isn't that like globally recognized as the best Final Fantasy game? No. It definitely has the most hype out of all Final Fantasy games.
0: It yeah, it definitely does have the most hype, um, because of uh it being revolutionary at its time. But definitely not uh definitely not recognized as like the best Final Fantasy. It's definitely debated, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of good Final Fantasy games out there. Uh, Tactics, I would say, is
1: oof.
0: It's hard because Tactics is quote-unquote a spin-off, but it's such a good game.
1: Yeah. Uh, oof. It's only a spin-off because it's not an actual Final Fantasy, right? Right. right.
2: Wait, was this the first spin-off for Final Fantasy?
1: That yes. Game? it went 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 and then Tactics. Tactics.
0: Mm-hmm. i believe so
1: interesting i mean it was one of the only uh final fantasy games that like brought all the worlds kind of together too you know what i mean like it was set in its own world but it has elements of all the other worlds yeah yeah like it... all the different classes all the chocobos
0: oh yeah um, can you can you play as a chocobo <laughs> yeah there was like a
2: boko vocal... <laughs> and then,
1: yeah. and then it would peck. That peck was so strong. <laughs> <laughs> and then it had all the summons from all the other Final Fantasy games. You know, so it kind of like brought Final Fantasy, like the world or the idea. I guess I don't know. If it, it's not really technically. It's not a world, right? Because it's not one world, but the concepts of Final Fantasy all together in one game. Yeah, this was before Moogle's were introduced, right? Um, I don't, I don't know, know where Moogle's. No, were I think them. Moogle's were
2: still
0: before tactics Weren, weren't mugos in final fantasy 6
2: yeah yeah there was a character called mugo or mog yeah mog. Yeah,
0: final yeah, yeah. Fantasy VI. Uh, yeah yeah,
1: okay yeah i'm not going it, crazy it didn't make it into tactics right yeah i mean it wasn't a thing until like later yeah it definitely are everywhere yeah
0: <laughs> mugos are everywhere um also what I'm not sure if this was like revolutionary at all, because I didn't play too many tactic games before uh, that game. But uh, it also had like the statistics element to the game. Like If you were behind the enemy, you would have a higher chance of uh, actually landing a hit because there was an accuracy check and then a damage calculator.
1: Oh, I don't know if that was revolutionary. But I know a lot of tactic games had that.
0: Did it? I can't remember if any games before... I'm sure there were games before Tactics that had it.
1: But um, this was the first one I played with that kind of system. And I'm sure Fire Emblem probably had it. Mm. And I think Fire Emblem probably mm. came before Tactics. Like the original, original Fire Emblems. I'm not sure. Did it come out in America? America. Not sure. Probably not, not, actually. Sure. But it was but, I mean, the very cool. The quintessential Tactics game is probably Fire Emblem, right? That's true. But uh yeah, I at least to me then it was that was
0: sweet. I was like, "Whoa, like I can be a math nerd and it finally came in handy." <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, what what's surprising about Final Fantasy Tactics is that um is that it didn't it was it was really good and it really it made strategy RPGs much more popular than they were previously but nothing it did was like quote-unquote revolutionary like even though i was just talking about the statistics thing like <laughs> the, like the the graphics weren't revolutionary like the sound wasn't anything like to go crazy over the story wasn't like i mean the story was good but it wasn't like final fantasy 7 revolutionary mm-hmm. um like nothing of it nothing about it Particularly stood out as like, like, a great or like a brand new thing, but everything it did was like top
1: notch. Like the graphics were beautiful, um, the sound was good, the story yeah. was good. But it that was like Square Enix back in its heyday, or SquareSoft, I should say, back in its heyday. Well, yeah. every game it produced was just like so good.
0: They were like pretty much like pooping out like Final Fantasy Gold.
2: <laughs> like
1: every game that he did was so good until maybe 10 oh no 10 was really good it's like ten two was like eh, and then it kind of went downhill after that
2: yeah
1: Final Fantasy 8 was uh was very hotly was debated
0: not,
1: not terrible but it was good enough to make it past 8 and 9 and 10 was good nine was and sick. then when they started going ten two and like 11-12 it just kind of, yeah. It just kind of go, it kind of plopped. And then they started focusing more on American games, I think, right? Square Enix. Yeah, uh, I guess. They uh, have a lot of American
2: games, right? Yeah, like publishing, like DFX. Yeah. The Revolution,
1: Tomb Raider. Yeah, all these like, Hitman. Is that what you just said, Hitman? Uh no. Oh, yeah, see, they went with all these, like, American games that are, like, Meh. But, I mean, back in its heyday, it had Star Ocean, which was really good. Um Dragon Quest. I mean, they still have some really good games. Their Japanese games do really well, but I don't know why they don't do more Japanese games.
0: I just want to say I have some very adamant Final Fantasy Eight haters out there. But... um yeah, I they like Final Fantasy Eight. I like the characters. I actually haven't played it. <laughs> so I can't say anything. But um Yeah. We will I think we can have a podcast specifically on Final Fantasy VIII. Do you have a podcast on everything? On, on <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm trying to excite the fans here. Shoot. We we will have one on Final Fantasy VIII. and
1: I will bring the haters and the lovers. Is eight the one with Squall? Uh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And 9 is the one with the monkey dude, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: And we have the haters and lovers come together and clash it out. In Pound Fantasy 8. Although, hating is always easier to do. So we'll see how that goes. 9 had more,
1: like, likable, unique characters. Yeah. Um, uh... They're definitely more unique. Like, it was the one with BB and uh, Zidane. Right?
2: Well, people I, looked really different. I like BB. He
1: looks cool. Yes, he looks like Yaggar. <laughs> I think.
0: Uh, I think eight had. I mean, I, okay, I haven't played eight, so I can't say anything. But from what I know, which is Kingdom Hearts, I thought eight had some pretty cool
1: characters. Although I hear that the main character is the pansy, Squall. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, Kingdom Hearts was also so good, and that was also a Square square. Ah, oh, Kingdom square. Hearts. Mm. Speaking of which,
0: which I want to do an E3 episode soon, but to do a little <laughs> bit of a um, sneak peek Kingdom Hearts 3.
1: Did you that guys 10 see the second it? trailer?
0: It was like 30 Ten seconds. It was like 30.
1: Like it, a minute. Yeah, it was it was all right, I- fine, It was a minute, but it was like 50 <laughs> seconds of like this is what happened all at the other Kingdom Hearts games in so, 10 seconds of the new game. Uh, for those of you who haven't followed the Kingdom
0: Hearts um, what's been going on, basically they promised the fans, which is like everyone Kingdom Hearts 3 on the PS3 and then it never happened. I don't know why it never happened and then now it's gonna be on the PS4, maybe. I actually think it's not gonna come out till the PS5.
1: but uh, I don't think I'll wait that long. We'll PS3 see. was kind of a flop for Sony. I feel like yeah. like a lot of their good Japanese games that they like really like I don't know highly wanted to come out and never came out.
0: Yeah, but uh, they didn't even give us a release date for Kingdom
1: Hearts three. They just showed us in development.
0: They just showed us a minute of
1: beautiful graphics, which could have been from the beginning of the development process. But, <laughs> I mean, they can't be developed. Being for the PS5 if the PS5 is not out yet right Yeah but like I actually don't know how it works in terms of like
0: developing for one console and then um, having to upgrade it to the next console like I would assume that's a lot of code change but
1: yeah that's that's what I'm saying
0: yeah but um, I mean I don't know like they I knowing um, knowing them, The I is it Square? It's just Square now, right? Square Enix, isn't it? Square Enix. Enix. I'm so bad with the whole like Square, Square Soft, Square. I just Square Enix. Um, knowing Square Enix, I am not confident that it's coming out on the PS4. (laughs) But I am a huge Kingdom Hearts fan, and the game looked beautiful. Let me tell you, the movement was slick. And the spells were wild, and I would love it to come out soon so I can steal Anthony's
1: PS4 and play it on my own. You time. know, I feel like um, I guess this could be a topic for another podcast. But I feel like Japanese games are not coming out as much as the American games, mm. even though Japanese games were like all the rage back in the previous consoles. What What are some like American games that? you're thinking of that uncharted like, every uh every game is an american game now like, like the, what's a what's a good japanese game that came out a while ago Um
2: bloodborne
0: yeah they have like bloodborne Besides that uh, monster hunter is still coming out mm-hmm. um dragon quest is still a thing and then i get i don't know mario and stuff <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no <laughs> Right? A lot of
1: the big games right now are American games.
0: Yeah, I feel like um, just like the, the genre of JRPGs are,
1: is... Well, not even RPGs though. Even just like normal Japanese games. But I guess most Japanese games are RPGs, huh?
0: Yeah, but like ju- just that genre is it's... a dying breed because like turn-based RPGs are fun but because of how advanced gaming has gotten, like Pressing A to attack just, like, isn't enough nowadays. True. So, Maybe
1: Japan just needs to step up their game development. Yep.
0: Yeah. I'm actually uh, currently playing through Bravely Default. Yeah, that's a great game. It's a Japanese. <laughs> and let me tell you, the soundtrack is beautiful. I love it. And the um, the game so far, I have... I'm still in Chapter 2, but the game so far has been really, really fun. And the mechanics... Are really cool too. They have like they have this whole like brave thing. It's it's a it's
1: innovative. Very sure. well done. Yeah, very well done. I'm playing through um, Kingdom Hearts 3DS, and that game is very well done. Dream very Drop innovative. Distance. Yeah, it's so good. I I'm, didn't know Kingdom Hearts could get any better. <laughs> I've heard really good things
0: about DDD.
1: The mechanics are so good. Mm-hmm. I heard uh I
0: heard BBS is actually better. Birth by Sleep on the PSP. But I um, do not I don't have, have a PSP. That means. Oh. Roger? Bro, uh, I never played
2: the. Birth by Or the birth price mm. or the by Or that uh, 350 sub divided by 2. Uh, 368 by 4? By 2? It's by 2. By 2. By 2. By two.
0: 368 by 2. I've beaten that game three times, and I still don't fully understand what the hell a Roxas is. <laughs> it's a Sora without a heart, <laughs> with an X somewhere mixed into the name. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you, this this joke is a little PG
1: thirteen. Wait, is it a nobody or is it Sora? Uh, is Roxas?
2: He's the nobody. Is a nobody. Yeah. Yeah. He's the nobody. And yes. Roxas. yeah, Sora.
0: Yeah. All right. Let me tell you my PG thirteen Kingdom Hearts joke. So, um, so as you know, the nobodies of live people, is their name with an X in it, and then rearranged. Oh, I've heard this joke. Yeah. Roger has, too. I told both of you guys, like, two (laughs) weeks ago, but it's the funniest joke ever, so I'm gonna tell it again. So, Roxas is Sora X, like, mixed around, right? Roxas, Sora X. And so, um, and so Ansem, the guy's journal in Kingdom Hearts 2, who, like, he's, I don't know, he's, like, doing, like, all these crazy experiments and stuff, and you kind of, like, learn about him, and he's, like, kind of evil. But uh his nobody is Xemnas, X E M N A S, and Ansom X, but then everyone on the on the online forums calls him uh man sex because it's still, <laughs> it's still the the same letters
1: mixed around and I think it's pretty creative. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Gets me every time. <laughs> every time.
0: <laughs> um Alright, well those were some three solid titles. We had uh, Pokemon, GoldenEye, and Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, Pokemon, I would recommend you guys play the recent games if you just like never played them. Uh, Red and Blue is
1: still you really good. If you've never played Pokemon, you should slap yourself. <laughs> first. Slap, slap yourself <laughs> first and then go pick up... Why are up. you listening to this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and then go pick
0: up probably one of the 3DS ones. Uh, Pokemon X and Y did a really good job of kind of revamping the story and uh, ha- being a good starting place. But uh, Oras, the Omega Red, and Alpha Sapphire, I've heard are really good. I haven't played them personally. Uh, for Goldeneye, it, it's a little dated. But if you have the chance, I would just um, try to play multiplayer with some friends and just see like what 1997 first-person <laughs> shooters were like. There's
2: like Goldeneye remake, isn't there? Is there? Uh, I, I thought there was.
1: Huh. There is a golden remake for, for GameCube. For GameCube. But it was not very good. GameCube? I think it was for GameCube.
2: Huh. I thought it was for the Wii or
0: something. They they did make they did remake Goldeneye for the Wii because I remember playing on the Wii mote and it was really hard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did do that. It, you can you guys should try that too. But um yeah, it's not the same. But yeah, the game's kind of dated. It's su. It was super good for its time, though. And uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, which I think everyone should play. So yeah,
1: there's no way you can replace Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: Yeah, uh, you don't have to slap yourself if you haven't played it, but uh, go pick it up on the PSN or whatever.
1: Or just iOS store.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I don't condone it, but but you uh, heard it from. <laughs> From Anthony.
1: <laughs> well, Why you can buy it at the Apple Store. Oh, right?
0: iOS. Uh, oh, oh, I I thought you said uh, ISO. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. <laughs> you heard nothing. You heard nothing. iOS <laughs> is fine. iOS. <laughs> All right. And on that note, um, <laughs> this is episode three of NPC Talk with my good friends Roger and Anthony.
1: Hello.
0: Bye. Cool. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining us Thanks for watching and we will talk to you next time.